Welcome to Cap Tech Podcast. This is Capital Technology University, and I'm the president, Dr. Sims. And today we have Dr. Ian McAndrew, who is our current Dean of Doctoral Programs at Capital Technology University. And uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself and talk a little bit about his background, and then we'll go through and um, ask him some questions. My name is Ian McAndrew, and I'm the Dean of the Doctoral Programs. I arrived in academia in an indirect route. I started off as an engineer working in industry and was enjoying working with research projects and topics in industry and had the opportunity because of my qualifications to go and work for a university in England. I spent nearly 20 years working for that university and that's where I started working with research students. And my first PhD student was almost 30 years ago. And since then, working in several universities in England and in America, and now Capital Technology, I have over 100 successful PhD students that I have supervised or chaired. And I find every single one enjoyable and exciting. And my most recent PhD student was just as rewarding telling them that they've passed as my first one. I find research the actual zenith of my teaching career in academia. And it is a joy and a pleasure to be working with students at this particular level. That's good, good. We certainly enjoy meeting the students here when they come through campus. Although the programs in the doctoral area are all online, um, we do have some that perform a weekend residency for just three days once a year, I know that. And um, we, we're always happy to see them either face-to-face -face or on Zoom as we go throughout the year. Why do you think uh, people start a doctorate? Why do people start a doctorate degree? I think there are many reasons. Personal goal is often one. People see it as a satisfying reward and a proving of themselves that they can work at the highest level. For others, career-related is also important. But there are so many different types of people that you come across. And for instance, I had one that recently finished that I was chairing. And he started when he was 70. And his role was that he's going to prove to himself that he can work at this level. And then he's going to make sure that his grandchildren would also do a doctoral degree. There's another one that I work with that has a particular hobby, if that's the correct word, on looking at harmonics of prime numbers. And it has been something that he has been reviewing and exploring for quite a few years. And he came to us because he wanted to put this together and make it into an academic piece of work and ultimately receive his PhD. So I wouldn't say there's any definite main reason, but they are varied. Some of them are personal, some of them are career, and some of them are because people have the ability to do it and they want to test themselves. What does the doctorate offer to these students? Well, I think there's several folds there. One that they test themselves against their peers, which gives a lot of people confidence. And when people graduate with a doctoral degree, you know, they have that confidence knowing that they can tackle very complex issues. But part of the doctoral program is the challenge for a critical mind, analyzing information to know what is relevant and dealing with data. Whatever type of doctoral degree you're doing, you're working with some form of data and learning how you collect that and how you stream that. And nowadays, more than ever, we work in a world where we're bombarded with data, more data than sometimes we could ever want or need and learning how to process data. And that is done on a doctoral program. 
you're nurtured and mentored how you deal with literature and you work through how you come up with a methodology. Now, this methodology is ideal when it comes to research in academia, but this type of methodology is just as valid when we're working in STEM related subjects. Whether you're dealing with cyber, whether you're dealing with construction or any type of engineering, we're often dealing with areas where there's no known answers. It's new. It's a novel way of using something. And that gives people with a doctoral degree an extra edge that they can use that information. And they're more critical and they're more confident in being critical and evaluating things. But of course, what we must remember is that technology is changing and keeping abreast of these changes and being knowledgeable and being in that area as an expert and understanding what new literature is coming along allows people to really be a leading edge in their area. So your degrees are all from the UK. And um, whenever you started working here at Capital Tech, you helped to design both a traditional US-based doctoral degree program and also the UK traditional research doctoral programs. And I know you've chaired many students through successfully completing their uh, dissertations. Could you tell us a little bit about the difference between the traditional US delivery of a doctoral program and how the UK research programs work? Oh, absolutely. I think it's fascinating to see both of the systems side by side. They each bring advantages and they each bring very good sort of focused on what you're looking for. And if we look at the classic American one, you research, and the research is about a third of the actual doctoral degree, but you work on leading edge subjects. So for example, if you were looking, or if you were an American PhD, you would have faculty teaching you quite a few varied areas. And that gives you a chance to understand a little bit more broader subject. And your research dissertation would focus on your areas and strengths and even interests. That gives a little bit more of a rounded area. But then there are areas where sometimes being rounded isn't so critical. And being a very centered research expert on another area is where the UK type of PhD comes in. In the UK ones, there are no formal classes. You work on a problem, you work on the research of it, and you take it through all the way to completion. You tend to look on a lot larger subject and you go deeper and deeper. And for people that are working, let's say, for example, in cybersecurity, or it may be chemical engineering, you will become an expert in a very small area. And that's one of the advantages like that. Whilst the US gives you an advantage of having a broader perspective. But we have to remember as well how they're taught. The US model requires a lot of people to dedicate time to classes, residences, and different types of things like that. Now, many of our students, are more mature in their career and not at the beginning. And they're all part-time and they're all over the place. And we work in a world now where people do not have any control over their diary. Some people don't even know where they will be the following week, whether they'll be free to attend a class and do different things like this. So whilst one gives you an advantage of giving you a very holistic view, it does mean there's very little flexibility in the time. While the other one allows you to be an expert in an area very, very deeply, but you have more flexibility in time. And my experience of talking to students is that there's a mixture of what people want and expect. Some of those that are very experienced already 
relish the chance of actually looking at something much, much bigger and deeper, which relates to their area. Those perhaps starting earlier in their career may find the US model more beneficial and complementary to their working style. But the beauty of capital technology with our doctorate degrees is you have the choice. You can do that and you can do one or the other depending on your circumstances and your dedication. However, if I could add one little thing that is in addition to the UK style that we do, as well as doing it by the classic large research, it is possible to do it by publication. And to do that, your research will be divided up into three equal areas, and the results will be published in peer-reviewed journals. Now, there are many people, and there are many students that are studying with us that are excellent in their career field. And they may be looking to a change of career, and perhaps thinking, I want to go into university life. I want to be a faculty, and I want to disseminate my knowledge that I have gained for the next generation because this is important. And by doing a PhD by publication, it means that if you are looking at that sort of change, when you apply at a university, you will have a PhD, you will have experience, and you will have publications. And these are considered important inputs if you are applying for a position at a university, especially for a tenure track. And again, we offer this choice. And this is what's unique about the doctoral degrees. One of the key success factors for any doctoral degree is the chair and having a committee. But it's interesting because of where capital is in Maryland. When we generate a new degree, that has to go before the state. And we have to demonstrate that we have capable and competent faculty before they were even let us start to teach. Many universities do not have that constraint. However, personally, I don't think it's a problem at all. If you look at where capital is and the types of industries, sectors, government organizations and the Department of Defense that within a 50 mile radius of capital, it's the great and the good of the world that are there. I have a bigger pool of potential faculty that are interested to work with us, support the students than most faculty deans have anywhere else in the world. We have more faculty that can share than we actually have students. And that's good because I can match faculty, not this person, oh, they need a chair, I've got one spare. We can match a faculty to your particular research needs. And that's critical. You may have heard your friends or colleagues that have studied for doctoral degrees and they say, well, everything was going all right until my chair left. Well, then they said, you know, the new one, I have to start again and it all went wrong and fell apart there. We have faculty and we have many faculty and we have a quality procedure to make sure that before the research is started, that your research plan is verified. And that's a contract that you have with the university. If your chair was to leave, then I would find a replacement would take over the actual chairing of the work that you already started. And that's an addition that we add that supports students. Our aim is to remove all unnecessary non-academic roadblocks from your dissertation path to completion. And a chair is very important. And within the chairs that we have, we have Fulbright scholars. We have people that are visiting fellows at the University of Cambridge. Many of our faculty are fellows of the great societies around the world, and all our faculty have got experience on the worldwide stage representing their research, keynote speakers, journal editors that really are working with research at the level to be able to support you. 
And we have more than one person on the committee and I can balance that committee with people who are experts and research experts and experts are guiding people through the doctoral program itself to know what is there. That's where we add and that's what chairs add because it is a large piece of work. And I know this is a sort of a bit of a phrase and a gentle phrase, but it is like running a marathon. And by planning to make sure that you know what your journey is and how far is needed to go to get there is some confidence of good faculty and chairs. And we're lucky to have many at Capital. Yes, absolutely. A doctoral degree needs a thorough plan because when you defend, you will be asked, and everyone is asked this question, what is your original contribution to knowledge? You're gonna answer a question and no one else has had the answer before. And to do that, we need to make sure that you are aware of what is happening. Your committee and the whole process of a doctoral degree when you're doing your dissertation and research is to be aware of the literature, to understand where are the gaps, where it is not applied, where literature has changed or is changing. Not everyone agrees with the same theories. What are the contradictions or where are the arguments that people don't or do disagree with these things? Stage by stage, you're guided through this process. So you will come up with a plan that plan will be verified and you will justify it. Then you will carry on actually going through this and learning the skills and the knowledge necessary to make your methodology. And only then you will start your collecting data. It's not a process of I will go and get a lot of data and I will be able to find something out of that data. It's not that at all. It is structured all the way through a problem, proving it's a problem understanding the actual theory that is known and what is not known, understanding the limitations of how you would plan and collect this data, getting this data and all data has some forms of risks in it, understanding the limitations, understanding the confidence values of that data, then making sure that you have the analysis which reflects what you're doing. And from that, obviously you have conclusions and recommendations. But the big thing in a doctoral degree is the defense. This is where you stand in front of your peers and subject matter experts. And you will defend your work and you will present a brief findings and then questions will be asked. And they're looking to know and to understand that you have done this work. You know what you've done and you can justify why you've done it. But it's also important that we understand from your point that you see the implications of this work. You can see why it is important. And that can only happen if it is planned at the beginning and taken all the way through. And it is a long process, but it is a very rewarding process. You'll be writing up a document which will be in the hundreds of pages. And it's not words, it's not pages that are counted. It's the content, it's the detail, it's how you present an argument and you justify it, how you back up and how you reflect on what you have achieved, what are the limitations of it. And this is why you have conclusions and recommendations because conclusions are what you can prove and you would stand in a court of law to say, I am confident that I'm correct. A recommendation is, I am sure I'm correct, but I don't have sufficient data to be able to justify that. That is a skill that you learn. And that is a skill that is useful in life. And remember, we're dealing with science, technology, computing, and other types of subjects here. We're not looking at the theological arguments or pure philosophical arguments. We're looking at science here and how we do it. 
and science is important. And it's one of the things that I like about the website that we have at Capital. It says, you know, it, to it talks to you about every job now is technology. And there are forms of technology. There are technology jobs that are pure mathematics. There are jobs which are variations in between of that. And our students come from all of those areas. And when they graduate, and what happens is when they've defended and everyone has agreed that it's defended and any change is made, it comes to me. And I sign that off before the grade is entered. And I want to know with confidence that if a researcher, the other side of the world, was to be given the same problem as you, as a graduate of capital or a doctoral degree, that if you worked independently, I'm confident that you'll both come to the same conclusions. And that's how we measure research. And part of the actual dissertation and the research is for you to have that skill set, as well as solving an individual problem, which has never been solved before. Could you give us examples of uh, some of the students, what they've done post-graduating? With joy. It's a pleasure to see what happens to some of our students. I had one student a few years ago who completed their doctoral degree and thought, you know, this was a personal goal and I'm going to enjoy this now. But his company recognized his skill set and he was offered a job that he didn't even dream would be possible. And this is someone working at Boeing and is now working between Boeing and NASA. What an exciting opportunity. This would not have happened without his PhD, but he never planned for this to happen. We have other people who have taken their uh, doctoral degree and they've ended up and as head of research for large companies, for institutions, for organizations. We have other people that have then gone on and they come back and they've enjoyed academia so much. They want to be involved as maybe adjunct. They want to keep their main job, but they come back as an adjunct because they have all this knowledge and they're very keen to share that. Now, in some of the areas that we teach, the nation does not have enough of these experts. And these are people who work at a high level with a good job. And they want to make sure that the future is going to be just as good and successful as it is at the moment, even more so. So people do it for promotion and get promotion. Other people do it for satisfaction. But what is interesting and what is very good to observe is that we have, I would estimate between about five and 10% of our students come back and actually do another doctoral degree. If they've done the American style of doctoral degree, they'll come back and they'll challenge themselves with the UK style. So we're starting to see now each year with graduations, people who are coming along were already doctorate holders before they started their course. And now in effect have two doctorate degrees. And I think that's interesting. And that shows us because as university faculty, we're committed to lifelong learning. And we're asked by people, you know, how do you support lifelong learning? Well, when you see someone come back for a second doctoral degree, you can answer that question just by seeing them. Because we've ignited something in them which is a passion for doing something. And they want to carry on and do it. I know you're very accessible to all the students, whether they're prospective students or current students. And as a matter of fact, it's easy to get a hold of you. Anybody who's interested or a current student can just go to the web page in any of the doctoral programs and click on your email, get a hold of you quickly, and you respond very quickly. The website is captechu.edu, and you can click on any of the doctoral programs from there. Could you talk a little bit about uh, the importance of being connected to the students and, and how, if you admit one, you are there 
and our promise is really to help motivated students be successful in the program well i think we're very fortunate now we live in a global world where we actually have mobile phones and laptops and we're attached to them more or less from the, as soon as we wake up till we go to sleep but when it comes to supporting students that is critical and i always like anyone that inquires about a doctoral degree i like to phone them up and it doesn't matter where they are in the world i want to contact them and find a time because i want to explain our product and I'm very pleased about product, it's excellent. But I also want them to be able to ask questions. And if I interview people and I find out that, you know, we're not the fit for them, that is also very important because we don't want people coming along just to get the money off them. We want people coming along because they know that we're the right university for them. And when that happens, they tell their friends and their friends are interested. And although we're not a money-making organization, we do want good students and good students tend to bring other good students. And what is happening with this response and supporting students is since uh, 2018, and we've started to add a few more of the UK degrees, we now have students who are studying with us online from all over the world, as far as well as Hong Kong, across Africa, all over Europe, the Middle East, the Caribbean, and all parts of America. We have students on an international stage that we never had before. And that is because we're committed to students. And students, they come along, and students that apply for us are very capable people. And we want to demonstrate to them that we're here to support them. And that is key. You know, if you contact your supervisor and you wait four weeks for an answer, that is unacceptable. And everyone that I employ to be working on committees, I expect them to be available in a very reasonable time that students do not have to wait a long time. And I'll give an example of this. A student may send you a chapter or three chapters to read. And generally, if you're chairing someone like that, to sit down and read those three chapters, you probably need half a day of quiet time to ponder and give constructive feedback and compliments and everything else like that. Well, if they send you that email with that on there, it is polite to contact them, say, thank you, I've received this. I will be reading it this week and I expect to get back to you in a couple of days time to make them aware. But also forward planning is helpful. At the end of a semester, people often try to submit large pieces of work there. But this two-way interaction with communication to remind students that if everyone sends you work on the very last day, someone's going to be first and someone's going to be last. That doesn't happen when you support students and they can approach you and they can approach, it, approach any of the faculty that we have at this university. Now, I'm very proud of the fact how we are getting a worldwide recognition now, and we're getting students applying from the world. The American education system is excellent and recognized as excellent around the world, and rightly so. And people outside of America, America see the sort of the chance to get a PhD from an American university is something which is an academic dream for many, many people. And we want good people. We don't want any people. And when I started at the university, the president, Dr. Sims, charged me with several things. He said, one, I want quality. And two, I want new degrees to match what people need. And three, I want more students. And this is what I work on. But we don't want any students. We want good students. And by adding quality and being supportive, we have significantly increased our completion rate. And approximately, and it's difficult to use averages, but approximately people are completing after three and a half years their doctoral degree from starting, some a little bit earlier, 
some a little bit longer, but we have a good completion rate. And I think that bears testimony to the fact that we are in a global environment and we support the students and recognize that they are at the core of everything we do. Without students, we're not a university. We may be a research lab, but we are not a university. And at Capital, we are a university and committed to all levels, undergraduate, masters, and doctoral degrees. And we also find a lot of our master's degree students come along and carry on with a doctoral degree. And that's a very good indication that they like us, they like our style, and they like our commitment. But yes, responding to students is important. Waiting and waiting for responses is not education. It's just being left and there's no excuse for that. And in a world where we all deal with different things and I have a student and I'm in Germany at the moment and I have a student who's on the West Coast of America. And we find a time that we can meet often at the weekends at other times like that. And flexibility helps. And if you come to Capital, that's what we will support. I wanna thank Dr. McAndrew today for covering the doctoral programs here at Capital Technology University. And you can certainly contact him by going to our website at captechu.edu. And I want to thank all the listeners to our podcast today and remind you that Capital Technology University is nearly 100 years old. It's a private nonprofit university, fully accredited, located in Laurel, Maryland. And our goal here is to either provide students a great career, to advance students' careers, or to help career changers be successful. And thanks for uh, listening to today's podcast.